Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is the third and final week of our First and Second Timothy series. Y'all, we so enjoyed Scott Sauls in week one and Kelsey Hensey last week. And if you listened last week, you know that we did something that we don't ever do on the She Reads Truth podcast, (laughs) or I don't know, maybe, but that made it sound more dramatic than it is. We did not read the last day of last week's reading because it was 2 Timothy, and we wanted to really keep all of 2 Timothy, all of that letter, in one episode. So you may have noticed that we haven't introduced a guest yet, and that is because this week is all hosts, no guests. It is the Rachel and Amanda. The actual Rachel and Amanda show. (laughs) Really? I was like, is that okay? Can I say that? Yeah, because we often will say and correct people's very kind and generous <laughs> misconceptions that Rachel and I are responsible for everything that She Reads Truth does. And the truth is we have an amazingly capable team. And so we will often say, it's not the Rachel and Amanda show, but this episode, but the truth is that even this isn't because behind the scenes, there's an editor it's and there's the a people. team. Yeah, that anyway. is valid. But for Listen. this purposes, it is. And we're going to read these chapters, Rachel, that mean a lot to us. Yeah. And yeah. It mean a lot to us personally, mean a lot to us in our friendship with one another, mm-hmm. and mean a lot in... Missionally. In missionally, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what we the work that we get to do here. Especially that last chapter of Second Timothy, but really this whole letter has just been so meaningful in, mm-hmm. and formational for us mm-hmm. as we have stewarded She Reads Truth. And I'm grateful that we get to do this episode, just the two of us. It's Thank sweet. You. Me too. So starting a new book of the Bible, something you may know if you listen to the last two episodes is that Paul, an apostle of Christ, wrote many letters. Thirteen of these letters became books of the Bible, and three of those 13 books were letters written to pastors. And so First and Second Timothy, you guessed it, were written to Timothy. And then the book of Titus was written to Titus. And so they're also called pastoral epistles, if you want to feel real like fancy to call it an epistle, but <laughs> letter also works. Amanda, tell us a little bit about Second Timothy as a letter. So what I am excited about for you all listening, that if you read First Timothy with us, Second Timothy feels the feel of it is very different. Yeah. Written by the same man to the same recipient. That's right. But separated in time by four to five years. So this is not like I wrote you a letter a month ago and now I'm following up. This, you know, a lot of time has passed and you can see that in the language. Whereas in First Timothy, Paul calls Timothy, my true son in the faith. In 2 Timothy, he says, my dearly loved son. Mm -hmm. And you can just kind of sense some of the relational water that has passed under the bridge, so to speak. Like you can tell that this relationship is very personal and close. And the other thing that we know is that this was, it is commonly believed to be Paul's his final letter before he died. So these are, in a very real sense, these are kind of his last words. His final recorded words. That's right. And you will sense that. You will sense that his earnestness, Mm -hmm. his emotion, Mm -hmm. his love for the gospel and for the church, the capital C church, for Timothy. And I am so encouraged by this letter. I'm also supremely challenged. That's right. Yeah. By this letter and I even think it's interesting Rachel that you and I happen to be recording this 
on a day when we feel a little tired yeah. in the work that we do. And, and you know, that happens. Everyone, mm-hmm. no matter how much you love the work that you do. There, there are, are ups and downs. Yes, in days and weeks that are heavier than others. And it's been a fine day. But I just know, looking across the table, that we feel a little fatigue and overwhelm right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to read these yeah, in that place right. and and let Scripture restoke the flame yeah, of um, or stoke again the flame that the Lord has put in us to do the work that's that we right. do. God knows. God yeah. knows what you and I need, and God knows what our listeners need even now. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's. I was thinking, you know, as I was realizing, okay, this is five years later, four to five years later, like thinking back, where was I, you know, five years ago? Not even physically, oh, but like spiritually, yeah. you know, like these men have grown in their faith over the last five years. Ministerially, they've grown. Right. And so life experience. It's just so much uh-huh. happens. Like you can go from grade school to high school in five years. Like a lot can happen. And and so we think about every one of you listening, like take that context as you hear this as well. Think about where you were five years ago, and what the Lord has done in your life and in your heart. Yeah, yeah. Something that is striking in this to me is in, you know, in 1 Timothy, we made the observation that Paul is giving really specific instructions to Timothy about situations that are that he is facing, that the church is facing in Ephesus where he was. That's right. And so it's very instructional and very specific in a lot of ways. And this letter, however, very much sounds like if I knew that I was speaking to my son or daughter or my son in the faith or daughter in the faith for possibly the last time, yeah. what would I say? Yeah. And so because of that, the focus, I think that because of that is why we see that the focus is less on here are the issues you're facing and more of here is the way that you are to guard mm-hmm. and protect this that has been given to you. So it's more instructions for Timothy's life and his ministry yeah. and his call mm-hmm. than it is about specific situations. Yeah. That's what I love about this series, that we really are going to get to read the whole thing. And as we read Paul's letters, probably a lot of you will notice like there are these rhythms to the way that he writes the letters. Like, of course, he he would start with his name, which I thought was funny, but I guess that's just how he formatted his letters rather than starting with the uh, recipient's name. But even like the rhythm of going from that into Thanksgiving is actually super typical of his letters. First Timothy doesn't do that, but that's sort of atypical. So beginning 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 1 with the greeting, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, for the sake of the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly loved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, 
not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, apostle, and teacher, and that is why I suffer these things. But I'm not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that He is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day." Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that all those in the province of Asia have deserted me, including Phagelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he diligently searched for me and he found me. May the Lord grant that he obtain mercy from him on that day. You know very well how much he ministered to Ephesus. And that's the end of chapter one. Yeah. I mean, we said it every time we've read both <laughs> with Scott and with Kelsey. Oh, yeah. like, there's so much there. So much. And it's true. And, you know, we can't talk about all that's there, but it's amazing. You know, I've read through it multiple times mm-hmm. and even this week in preparing to talk about it. But as you read it, other things, you I know. know, like yeah. other things pop out at me, and I love it so much. I love how personal it is. I love the, you know, in verse five, I recall your sincere faith that first lived. Mm. So, like that same faith mm-hmm. that first it first lived in your grandmother Lois. He he knows their names. That's sweet. And he calls yeah. them by name: your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am convinced is in you also. That's right. And we know, because we know Paul from his teaching, that he is talking about faith in Jesus and the gospel of Jesus. And so I love that, that in that chain of it being guarded and passed down, that these faithful women came before. I mean, it reminds me, you know, Jesus and Timothy are not the same, but it reminds me of the women in Jesus' genealogy and how you know, their faithfulness and being grafted into the family of God, that that is... That that's passed down. Yes, that it's passed down and those connections, that those women help to bring forth, Mm -hmm. literally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Timothy, who is carrying this message and guarding this message. It's beautiful. And important context for the conversations we had in weeks one and two of this study. Yeah. Just, you know, the question of... Women. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he has instructions for the churches, but you can't just pluck those instructions out yeah. and, you know, misunderstand them out of context yeah. that there's also this. Yeah. 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 The answer to the question of where do we come in? Right. Right. I mean, right here, it's so beautiful to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Paul is, we've already said he is at the end of his life. And he is expecting to die soon, and we know that he was martyred. Mm -hmm. We know Mm -hmm. from sources outside of Scripture Mm -hmm. that he was martyred. Which is, to be clear, sources outside of Scripture are just called history books. History books, you guys. Maybe you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we know from history Mm -hmm. that he was martyred. And so it makes sense that suffering is on his brain, you know, that's That's on on his mind. But the way that he talks about suffering is Mm -hmm. really interesting to me, and how there is some kind of a link. He mentions, don't be ashamed, 
and the concept of suffering for the gospel together more than once in this mm-hmm. one chapter. So in verse 8 we have, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. And then later, not much later, but a little later, in verses 11 and 12, where he says, you know, for this gospel I was appointed a herald, an apostle, a teacher, and that is why I suffer those things, but I'm not ashamed. So it's almost like there is an assumed link mm. between suffering and shame. Mm-hmm. And interesting. even like suffering for the gospel and shame. And he's saying, I'm suffering for the gospel, but I'm not ashamed of that because of the gospel, like yeah. because of what the gospel is. Well, and that's the thing. And so that, then the suffering becomes honor. Right. Like that, yeah. the gospel was so new. Like right. the thought of, I mean, to us, like suffering for the gospel is something that is as old as Paul. Yeah. Right? And and so we don't necessarily see that as a point of shape. Maybe this is a dumb train of thought for me. I just want to like think about like it was brand new. The gospel was new, and there was a lot of, like, this is a silly thought. Right. And here you are. You're in prison because of it. You are being actively and violently persecuted because of it. Like, that's dumb. Let it go, buddy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? But listen to what he says in verse 12. I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. Mm. And he's talking about the appearing you know, the second advent of Jesus Christ. And so I just think it's so powerful because his suffering only made him more certain. Yeah. And only made him closer to Jesus mm-hmm. and willing to stay the course. And the verbs in the next paragraph, Rachel, like the <laughs> hold on and guard the good deposit. I, I just, like that word deposit. Yeah, yeah. 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 It gives me first Peter. Thoughts yeah, yeah. of you know our hope that is yeah. unfading, imperishable, kept in heaven for you. Yeah, we're going to move on to chapter two, but I just you're going to be shocked that I'm going to encourage you to read this on your own <laughs> day by day and in the reading plan. And if you have the printed study book, in the study book you will find other scriptures to read alongside. That's right. And we just really encourage you to read those because a lot of the supplementals are also from Paul. And so it will give you more context about right. him and his ministry. And so, you know, you'll read from Second Corinthians and First Thessalonians in Friday's reading, which you presumably already read. That yeah. got confusing. Yeah. And with that, we are caught up. We, we are. are. We are up. present day. Thanks for letting us do uh, chapter one this week. That felt right. And so now it's present day, and we are on chapter two of Second Timothy, mm-hmm. if, of course, you're listening to this on the day it releases. Amanda, read uh, the first 13 verses of chapter two for us. Happy to. So this is Second Timothy 2, starting in verse 1. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I love that. I love the like, you guard it and pass it down. Mm -hmm. Guard it. That's what Lois and Eunice did, Mm -hmm. right? Verse 3, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. 
The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Mm. I'm going to pause for a minute. Those three back-to-back analogies are very different. It's an interesting, like the soldier, the athlete, the farmer. Yeah, is super interesting. But that sentence that concludes it, I appreciate so much because it's like this actual invitation to do what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Like it's saying like, consider what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's just saying like, meditate on this, discuss it, take some time to think about it because this this soldier farmer athlete, like does that make sense to you? Could it? And that encouragement, like, take some time and see if that can make sense to you because the Lord will be the one to give you understanding. I just love that side note, right? And and we know that the Holy Spirit has already made His appearance at Pentecost. Yeah. And so this has to ring with, you know, with echoes of what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, you know, if I were to just pluck out verse 3, and say to you on a hard day, Rachel, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That might not hit your ear just right, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I appreciate that he keeps going and says no one who is serving as a soldier gets, I'm going to paraphrase now, gets distracted and, and bogged down by civilian matters because you're on a mission. Yeah, You have a captain to serve. You yeah. have a, I don't even know, it's probably not captain, but a commanding officer to yeah. serve. And so it isn't just like just... Right. Suck it up and just take it and keep going. It's the suffering has a purpose. Yeah. And you have a leader mm-hmm. and you are actually found in him. It's in him that you can endure and share in suffering and persevere. Because the leader suffered first. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like the leader saying, All right, this is what it's gonna be like to follow me. Yeah. He's going I'm going to show you by living this. Mm-hmm. Come follow me. Yeah, that's a good segue into just going into verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David according to my gospel, for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Mm. This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy, for if we died with Him, we will also live with Him. Mm. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. Mm. I mean, come on, Paul. Yeah. We're found in Christ. Like, that's remarkable. Like, we are hidden in Christ Jesus by faith in Jesus. And so he can't deny himself. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep planting my feet in, like, if we're thinking this is roughly like 68 AD or Mm -hmm. somewhere in that zone. But, you know, that's roughly 30 to 40 years after the crucifixion, right? And so even when he's saying, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David, according to my gospel, like, it's not a remember this thing that we learned about and happened 2,000 years ago. It's many people walking around today actually remember him. 
yeah. and actually remember his crucifixion mm-hmm. or his resurrection. Like, it's interesting to me to remember to put my feet on the ground there as holding that letter and reading it for the first time. We don't know how old Timothy was. We mm-hmm. we get the impression that he was younger by a couple of things that Paul says to him about, like, don't let people look down on you because you're young. But we yeah. don't know how old he was. He may or may not have been a contemporary of Jesus, but it's interesting to remember that still that that time was not that long ago. Yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that we have, I mean, I mean, this, we could just go way off into a conversation <laughs> about the miracle of the Bible, of Scripture's actual existence, because the fact that we have eyewitness yeah. testimony and record, and we get to read words Mm-hmm. from the people who walked <laughs> alongside right? the actual Jesus yes. on the earth is amazing. Yeah. This is not guard the platform of your political party and pass it down. Like this is so other. Mm. Like this is the message of the gospel, the truth of all truth given to us by the God and savior of the universe. Yeah. And it's like guard this and pass it down. And it is just, things matter. Like I, you know, I could have used just then, like if your family has a mission statement and values, guard that and pass it down. Sure. This is so on such another level (laughs) of importance and urgency. Yeah. 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 Will you read Tag Your It? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I realize we're turning the page on a day, but that list that Amanda just read, that if we died with him, we will also live with him. Mm-hmm. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. Mm-hmm. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Then starting in verse 14, I feel like we have to like have just read that oh, to good, go yeah. into remind them of these things. And charge them before God. So, y'all, when you read something that says, remind them of these things, go back and and try and remember what that writer is talking about. So, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. I just want to talk for a second about how (laughs) many times in these two small letters, Paul says, stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't stop fighting about the things that don't matter. Yeah. And guard the things that do matter. But the fighting, he just wants everybody to stop fighting. <laughs> I just appreciate when we study Scripture and we, we're like, oh, you know, like, holy, holy, holy. It's repeated three times. Like, we, we see these instances in Scripture that are repeated, these themes. It's tempting to overlook this repetition, you know, but he's saying over and over again, don't fight about words. Don't fight about this. So I'm going to keep going and dismount my soapbox. <laughs> he says... Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen, not just the ones that speak, but who listen. Mm. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness, and their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hymenius and Philetus are among them. They have departed from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and are ruining the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, bearing this inscription— The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. 
Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also those of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And then to Timothy, he says in verse 22, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant disputes, because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. I mean, (laughs) there's, again, there's so much there. I'm sorry for saying this a thousand times. But the same thing struck me just about speech and, oh, how we can waste Mm -hmm. our effort. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And our time. Mm -hmm. And going back up to the beginning of this passage where it says in 16, verse 16, avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness, and their teaching will spread like gangrene. I mean, that, Scott said in our first week, he said, a lot of times there's no nuance with what Paul says. Yeah. Like, there's no nuance here. He's not even just saying that idle and irreverent talk is fruitless. It actually produces the wrong kind of fruit right. in godlessness. And then it spread. their teaching will spread like gangrene, yeah, like a disease that, that kills. destroys the body. That's right. Like, think about that yeah. in the body of Christ, oh. that our irreverent, irreverent and empty speech, mm. our idle quarrels, all of that, it actually destroys... The body. And the thing that he says is not only those who are speaking, but it also, in verse 14, this is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. listen. Mm -hmm. Which, like, spoiler alert, having read the rest of this letter, that's a growing concern for him, is Mm -hmm. the people who are listening to the unsound doctrine and Mm -hmm. the quarreling and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And then he comes back around to it in 24, must not quarrel, Mm -hmm. and instructing his opponents with gentleness. Mm -hmm. And then this glimpse of just God's heart, perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. You know, that is not his will that anyone should perish, that verse. I just love Um, that. Like, I mean, we're challenged every day mm -hmm. in how to respond to people who we believe are wrong. And then there's the why. Like, why should we be kind? Why should we be patient? Why should we not engage in a way that that person wants to engage with us, perhaps? And the answer can be, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. A valid answer. <laughs> a valid answer. <laughs> yeah. But Paul says, actually, this is missional. Yeah. Your response is missional. It is not to set a boundary and guard your time. It is, if you can do this right, if you can instruct your opponents with gentleness— Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not about just boundaries. It's about about missionally loving others well Mm -hmm. by taking deep breaths and being thoughtful Mm -hmm. and gentle and, and staying engaged sometimes. Yeah. 
And it's being led by the Spirit. That's right, yeah. And um, it's partnered with this in this reading day that you guys will see. It's Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That, um, also written by Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If we live in Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the Spirit steps at a pace and in a manner mm-hmm. that is wholly foreign to us. And it is only the Jesus in us, living by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that we can do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that I appreciate Mm -hmm. (laughs) the heading for the next chapter, Difficult Times Ahead. Mm -hmm. Like, know that hard times are ahead. As you all listen to, Amanda, I imagine you'll be willing to read this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Twist my arm. As you'll listen to Amanda reading this, I want this to not be the only time you read this this week because I want you to listen to it prayerfully and slowly and like with the posture that David has in like Psalm 139 where he says, search me and know me and ask and show me if there's any grievous way in me. In me. Not in just, me. Yeah. Not this search is them not and know them. This not just about around me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I, I understand that in this passage, you know, it concludes with avoid these people. Mm-hmm. But Lord, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a person that must be avoided. Like, search me and know me and align me with who you are. So I don't know. I mm-hmm. just wanted to give that encouragement as we listen. Amanda, will you read it? Yeah, I think, and I think it's helpful. I think it's a great encouragement. I will read it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great encouragement. And I also, this is another good passage where it's good to remember that Paul is writing to a specific people in a specific time, or he's writing to Timothy. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the cultural context, like maybe Paul doesn't write with much nuance. However, the cultural context within which he is writing has much nuance. Yeah. And so we have to, there are some phrases in here, <clears throat> gullible women, that, um, <laughs> that are going, you're going to have to like remember that he's not writing that Directly to you on to Twitter. You. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God holding to the form of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid these people. For among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janice and Jambres, did I say that right? I think yes. Oh, congratulations I mean, Silent J, I don't think so. Okay, just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Hmm. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. Whew. Just a 
casual 13 verses. Little uh, Instagram share square moment. <laughs> All who want to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Yeah. I but mean, like, honestly, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is accurate. Well, because yeah. our culture is very different. It's fair and, and right to point out that we are in a very different day and time than Paul and Timothy were. However, yeah. the gospel is just as yeah. countercultural now as it was then. And um, maybe in different ways, but mm-hmm. you are not wrong. And not to yeah. mention, not just that, I think that is the way that we in our comfortable podcast studio in Nashville, Tennessee in 2022 want to categorize persecution. There's also, we read the armor of God recently, right? We yeah. talked about spiritual warfare and that the enemy is out to devour us, yeah. that the actual forces of actual darkness mm-hmm. are opposed to not just God, mm-hmm. but the ways of God and the people of God and everything about the kingdom of God. And so, I mean, we are living in a day and time where you and I might not be persecuted for what we're doing right now here at this table, yeah. and the people listening to us might have the freedom to listen, mm-hmm. but we have brothers and sisters who this very moment are yes. being violently persecuted and oppressed. The persecuted church didn't end when we closed our Bibles and it didn't just exist then. It exists right this second. And it doesn't end just because I don't see it or choose not to look at it. That's right. Like it is a reality. And that opposition will be present until Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. It just will be. And therefore... This statement is absolutely true. All who want to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. Yeah. There's something about verse 13. It says, evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. And there's just something that hit me, I guess, when I read it, where I just thought, oh, it's not just about deceiving, but even those who are deceiving and doing the deceiving are themselves Deceived. Yeah. Well, you remember when Paul, earlier in these letters to Timothy, Paul says he was listing the things that he did because of his unbelief. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was one of them. Yeah. He would say the chief of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I think that is related, and clearly because it's the same you know, train of thought here. Sure. Same letter. But if you up in that list, that long list that we read at the beginning in verses 1 through 5, verses 4 and 5 say they're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness, but denying its power. Denying the power of godliness. So I'm very interested in maybe a future conversation, because it could be a big one, about what does it look like to do that now? Because yeah. I think we do that now. I think we hold to the form of godliness and maybe even in some ways put on the yes. forms and trappings of godliness, but deny the actual power of the gospel. I'm thinking about that, like denying not just the power that it has through us, but also the power that it has in us. Absolutely. The power to Absolutely. save us or the power that it has to save people that we think it might not have the power to save. And I will say, and people who care for us and our well-being can edit me if they need to, I think that the cultural Christianity that is can be prevalent in some areas of specifically of America mm-hmm. um, can really fall prey to that yeah. tactic of the enemy. Yeah. Where... Denying uh, its power. Uh-huh. Denying its power. Because mm-hmm. denying its power is denying Jesus. There's some tough truths in this. Yeah. 
Um, but that's, I mean, I appreciate it so much. You know, two weeks ago was not the first time I have heard Scott Saul say this, but it's something that I appreciate. He says every time that the Bible would revise us, not that we would revise it. And like to pray that prayer, which we're going to get to like kind of in like the next couple of verses about the usefulness of Scripture to do just mm-hmm. that. But like, okay, like that's where like, okay, I want to pray as I read Second Timothy chapter 3, God revise me through your word. Mm-hmm. Not like, God, your word, <laughs> make a couple changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, even when you read that verse that you read about that, um, that evil People will become more evil. Is that what it said? <laughs> evil people and imposters will become worse. The thing that went through my head was, I don't like that verse. I literally thought that to myself. Mm. When you pointed out the <laughs> verse, I was like, I don't like that one. <laughs> but I don't get to do that. No. I don't get to yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. I, I can have feelings, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't get to remove it is yeah. what I'm saying. And I don't so, get to edit it out. And what Kelsey taught us last week was like when we come across something in Scripture that, ooh, bristles, or for whatever reason, and there mm-hmm. are a number of reasons where that would be true— we seek to understand God because mm-hmm. if we're reading Scripture to understand who He is, then probably the things mm-hmm. that would make us uncomfortable if we seek to understand them might lead to a better understanding of who God is. Yeah. 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 All right. So you, Rachel, will have the privilege of reading a verse that—well, a passage within which is a verse that— I mean, how often do you think we either think about or read this verse (laughs) in the work that we do or or reference this verse? In some way. I mean. Often. uh, More than every month. Often, yeah. Maybe every week. I'd say probably weekly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 2 Timothy. This will be the end of chapter 3, and then we'll go to the beginning of Mm 4. Will you read for us? Yeah. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and Lois you, and Eunice. Lois and Eunice, <laughs> and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures. Hallelujah! There you go, Lois and Eunice, mm-hmm. which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm. This verse is what you were just saying, that like this is what we want Scripture to do for us. Mm-hmm. Not that we would rebuke correct <laughs> or um, <laughs> you know, train Scripture to be what we want it to be, but that it would yeah. rebuke correct and train us. I've read this a lot of times. A lot of times. Yes, you have. I, I mean, can I can vouch for that. But like even today, like I've read Second mm-hmm. Timothy today, and I don't think I realized how closely tied Lois and Eunice were to this. Mm-hmm. I think that's really sweet to yeah. see that like the things that you know from the sacred scriptures that you learned from your mother and from your grandmother, those sacred scriptures are inspired by God and they're useful for these things. I'm so glad you have them. Yeah. Because of that, because you've been equipped with the scriptures from your mother, from your grandmother, you are equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. Sweet. It is so good. Yeah. And as we go into chapter four, you guys like equip your emotional hearts. This is the final chapter final words from Paul to Timothy, but also just final words from Paul. These last things that we just read of him going like, Scripture matters, knowing God's Word matters, and now he's going to tell us, like warning, this is why it's really important that you know your Bible. 
Yeah, and he's even just the language, like he has said, I charge you, you know, before and ask for you. But the way that he begins this portion of the letter, this last section of the letter, I solemnly charge you, as you're about to read for us. Yeah. All right. From verse 1 in chapter 4, Paul to Timothy, I solemnly charge you before God in Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and they will turn aside into myths. I mean, it's... I was about to say, I wish this weren't so true. I'm glad this is true. I'm glad that God's Word is true. Mm -hmm. This is a painful truth. It was a painful truth then, and it continues to be a painful truth now and will be until Christ indeed makes all things new, as He has promised He will do. Yes. The itching ears and the, like, create multiplying teachers for themselves and wandering off into myths and, like, turning away from the truth because, ugh. Ugh, I don't yeah. want the truth. Well, this is a version of idolatry. You know, when we read in Ezekiel, for example, and so much talk of idolatry and and we're you're worshiping, putting other things in the place of God mm-hmm. and looking elsewhere for strength. We talked about that in the Armor of God study. Yeah. And so this is a version of that. It's I'm going to multiply teachers for myself. Yeah. The teachers that are going to teach me the things that I want them and the way that I want them to. It says according to their own desires. That's what we talked about with Scott uh, two weeks ago, where like scripture matters, but it matters where we hold it. Yeah. It matters if we hold it over our heads as our ultimate authority or if we use Scripture according to our own desires. Yeah. And another way of, I think, thinking about that is it's where we hold the Word. It's also our posture before the Lord and before the Word that we there's humility in this, that we want to yeah. worship God. Mm-hmm. But in our flesh, in ourselves, our natural selves, we want to be worshipped, and yeah. we want, as part of that, we want to worship the things that makes feel good about ourselves or yeah. the things that we want to. Like, we want to create God in our own image. It says they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Yeah, and I will be honest, like, there are times where I, I want— oh. Yes. Tell me, tell me what I want to hear. Like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. And I've, I feel that way often. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the gospel and the word, it is not, you know, I mean, Rachel, it's dangerous for me to not listen to you when you just tell me something. It can be, we cannot be talking about God's word at all or doctrine at all. We can just be talking about life. And you may be communicating a truth to me or something that is, is true and real to me that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to hear it. But it's dangerous for me not to listen mm-hmm. to my friend, my sister, who I know loves me and who I have long relationship with, mm-hmm. who's trying to communicate something that she sees. Yeah. All right, let's keep trucking. I have already read this today, and I've already resisted tears. It's just emotional. It's just, yeah. he's saying goodbye. He's saying goodbye. Yeah. You, you can read it, Amanda. I'm going to read it, and I won't cry. Mm-mm. That's me. But it's so sweetly, like, willing at, the, myself. at the end, you're, like, literally, like, reading their mail. Like, where he's mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, that cloak, if you could grab that, 
say hi to this person. Like it's just, yeah. it gets just very like practical right there. At the end. the um, before the end, like when the peace and resolve that you hear in Paul's words. I mean, this is a man. Like continue to remember not just the context into which he is writing, where Timothy is in Ephesus, but the context from which he is writing. Mm-hmm. In severe persecution, at the end of his life, knows that he's about to give his life for the gospel. That's right. Yeah. There's this one little line. It's the first verse that you're about to read, Amanda. And I noticed today the word your. He says, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, which you're about to read. But y'all, as you listen, like, I love that he's not like, fulfill my ministry. But he's saying, fulfill the ministry that you were prepared for uniquely in a way that I was never prepared and do what you've been called to. It's like a beautiful, like, run gloriously in your lane, Mm -hmm. beautiful exhortation. Yeah. 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 5. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is close. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing." Make every effort to come to me soon, (laughs) because Demas has deserted me since he loved this present world and has gone on to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Yeah, like the Dalmatians. That's where they're from. Okay, sorry for that that little (laughs) aside. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus, as well as the scrolls, especially the parchment. Alexander, the coppersmith, did great harm to me. (laughs) The Lord will repay him according to his works. Watch out for him yourself, because he strongly opposed our words. Verse 16. At my first offense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. Who does that remind you of? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then what he says, may it not be counted against them. Yeah. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me mm-hmm. so that I might fully preach the word and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Hmm. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And that sounds like the end, but it's not. Because we get one last benediction from Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that verse 17, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Everyone deserted me, but don't count that against them because I wasn't alone. Paul, winning us over. And I think about, I mean, like, it makes me immediately think of Stephen. Everyone was against him. And as Stephen was stoned, who was standing there? Jesus. Paul. Oh, Paul. Sorry. I thought you meant when he looked up. Oh, yeah. You know, because he are looked true. up. Yes. Your answer was correct. It was also a really good Sunday school answer. Yeah, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, but no, Paul hid their garments were laid at the feet of a young man named Saul. We are both correct because uh, he didn't indeed say, I see Jesus. Mm-hmm. I see the heavens open. Yeah. Yeah. 
And here in the benediction, I get a little bit more business taken care of and then a goodbye. And some great names for you to pronounce, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, here, just here, listen to me go. Verse 19, greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesephorus. Erastus has remained at Corinth. I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Make every effort to come before winter. Eubulus greets you, as do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Mm. You know, from Paul to Timothy, the Lord be with your spirit, Timothy. Yeah. Because that's what he's needed. He just said the Lord has been with his spirit yeah. and has strengthened him and kept him. And that even though on the surface, it probably sure looks like evil is winning yeah. against Paul, right? But he says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his kingdom. Yeah. Safely doesn't mean that he won't come to physical harm because he mm-hmm. has and he will, mm-hmm. and he will die. Yeah. But he will be brought safely into God's kingdom. And soon. Yeah, yeah. and soon. And that's true of all of us yeah. who are in Jesus, who that's are in right. Christ. I think it's so not by mistake that there are so many names, difficult to pronounce though they may be. They really are. I mean, we really lost ourselves there for a little while trying to pronounce these names. There was a lot of editing that had to happen to get these names to you guys delivered, even as well as they have been. Which so. is probably not great, yeah. if we're going to be honest. But the thing is, and like if y'all have a study book, pages 84 and 85, it's sort of this like kind of like all-in-one-place list of the people who are mentioned by name in First and Second Timothy, and it's a long list. And, you know, Amanda mentioned we were kind of joking around but also being serious at the beginning of this episode. This is not, She Reads Truth is not the Rachel and Amanda show. Mm-hmm. But this that's happening here, this uh, early, this like early church launching, it's yeah. not the Paul and Timothy show. Nope, nope. It's all of these people and more. But the fact that Paul just continued to mention people by name and to greet them and love them being mentioned by name in Scripture is a huge deal. It's significant. It's a big deal. And not all of the people listed here did what Paul is so earnestly charging Timothy to do. That's right. Which is guard this truth in the gospel and hold to it. That's right. Hold on, he says. Yeah. Earlier in the letter, he says, hold on. And, you know, and we get names of people who didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, even in that extra, there's, yeah. you know, the key ministry partners, there's the caretakers, companions, and friends, and then there are, Amanda, the deserters, the false yeah. teachers, like they're also mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I know we need to wrap, our hour is gone, um, but... I'm so grateful for this little letter Mm -hmm. (laughs) that takes 11 minutes to read and is how many words? A thousand? 1,666. Not that anyone's counting, (laughs) but I'm so grateful. And there's so much in this language and these charges from Paul to Timothy that I want to be true for me and for you, Rachel, and for us as She Reads Truth and for us as a community of women and men around the world reading God's Word every day. I would love to just use some of this language that we get from Paul in this letter and just pray for us to, because I I want this. Yeah. I don't just want this like like I, I want that. I want this to be true of us and I want to be able to say like Paul, like I fought the good fight. Yeah. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Yeah. 
I, I want to do that. And what I know is that I can't do that yeah. apart from the Lord. And so much of what we've read here is underscoring the importance of what, what we're doing here together, friends, yeah. of being women in the Word of God every day, the way to know the difference between truth and just what our ears itch to hear is to know truth. That's right. And to read God's Word. That's right. So, And even with that, we know, and you guys have heard us say it a hundred times, the goal isn't the good Bible reading habit. The goal yeah. isn't even to be women in the Word of God every day. The goal is Christ, what Paul is saying here to fought the good fight. And this is how we can do that, Yeah, to know what it says. Yeah. Let me pray for us. I'm going to turn back to 2 Timothy, the beginning of chapter 4, and I'm just going to kind of just pray through these first four verses for us as we seek to be women and men in the Word of God every day. So let's pray together. Father, um, we stand before you, before you, God, the Father, before you, Christ Jesus, who you are going to judge the living and the dead because of your appearing in your kingdom. Mm -hmm. And God, we pray that you would equip us and give us the strength and the wisdom to preach the word, yeah. to herald. That word means herald, to proclaim the word, to be ready in season and out of season in the way that you have taught us with the fruit of the Spirit to correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. And Lord, we know the time will come, and we're in a time now when people, sometimes us included, <laughs> that won't tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. And sometimes, Lord, we confess that there are times that we have an itch to hear what we want to hear. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength to stay, to stay turned toward the Word, and that we would not turn away from hearing the truth and turn aside to myths, Lord, but that we would be women and men in the Word of God every day, in so much as it depends on us to, to invite others to be that with us. And we thank you for your Word, and we pray that you would help us to stand, to stand on your promises, but to stand under your authority and under the Word. Yeah. And we know that you are faithful. We are often faithless, but you are faithful, and we know that you will do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amanda, having read First and Second Timothy, and especially what we've just read about yes. just like preserving the gospel of Jesus yes. and like just holding tight and guarding sound doctrine. That's right. And knowing I, that there will be myths, yes. knowing that there will be itching ears, including I, our own. Yeah. Amen. I mean, yes, and Lord, preserve us and protect us and let us be preservers. I am really excited <laughs> about what is next. Yeah, we know something that you may not know. Next week. Next week, we will begin a new series called This is the Gospel. <laughs> Whether you wonder what is the gospel yeah. or you know the gospel and need to be reminded, which is all of us, right. it is very much a sort of keystone reading plan for us, a keystone series for us. It'll just be two weeks. This is the gospel. Yeah. And if you are fired up about preserving sound doctrine, having read first and yes. second Timothy, like this is that we will talk about how simple the gospel is and yet complex. Mm -hmm. And we're this two-week study of just looking at scripture and letting scripture tell the story. 
Y'all, it's also really special to us because you may or may not know that during that second week of This is the Gospel, we will be celebrating a very important birthday. Something very special that happens on June 1st. Our community, that's y'all listening, and many of y'all were with us when this mm-hmm. happened. We are celebrating our 10th birthday. I cannot believe it's been a decade Ten of years. reading truth together. 10 years of women in the Word of God every day. And we're we have a very special way that we're going to celebrate that birthday. We have a very specific gift we'd like to receive. We're asking for something for our birthday. We're not saying what it is yet, but we do expect presents in the form of a really cool ask, but we're going to make you wait a little bit. You're going to love it. And and really, it's more of an invitation than an ask. This community began as a community. I mean, we started this together, and um, there's something that we want to get to do together Mm -hmm. with you, and we want to invite you into. So you will be hearing more about that in the coming weeks. Yes, But then what comes after this is the gospel, because that feels important too. That's right. Right after that, we'll go straight into five weeks a five-week series called This is the Church. So we will look at the capital C Church, like what is the church, the body of Christ? Who are we? How was the church established? Who are we and what are we doing? Yeah. What God has done, is doing, and will do in and through His church. And these are books that I think that you're going to want to have physical or digital copies of because there are ways to engage with it. But also, I really see these as resources for our community. For if you have friends who are asking, what is the gospel? This is actually a really kind of concise way to share that using Scripture. Absolutely. And they are resources that I personally am thankful because I already have them on my shelf. (laughs) I personally am thankful to have them on my shelf to reference for years to come. So subscribers, you are getting both of these in your... In your May box. In your your May sub box. So you already have them. Um, But you know where to get them, mm shopshereadstruth.com. You can get a digital copy. You can get a physical copy. It is our next seven weeks. So you've got time. Go ahead and get them, and we'll get them shipped to you as quickly as we can. That's it. We're going to, so come back next week. You do not want to miss as we kick off This is the Gospel and we get nearer to our birthday celebration. That's right. But until next week, Rachel Myers, you usually ask this question, but I'm going to ask you today. Until next week, what do we tell our friends? Oh, friends, keep opening your Bibles. Mm